Welcome to Addicted to Busy, the podcast specifically for overachieving property managers who are dying for a little more work-life balance in their lives. Each week, we dismantle all the BS that holds us back. You'll learn how to nix those tricky self-sabotaging habits so that you have the time, energy, and motivation to create what you really want in life. If you're looking to shift from overcommitted to overjoyed, this is the podcast for you. Let's do this. Now, your host, Anna Havalyana. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Addicted to Busy, where we talk all about work-life balance for busy, overwhelmed, overworked property managers. I am in just a very chipper mood today because I spent about an hour on a call with one of my former supervisors, a supervisor who I love very, very much. And anybody who knows me from the Twin Cities probably knows exactly who I'm talking about because back in the day, we were sometimes referred to as the dynamic duo since we went everywhere together. And I literally followed this person from one property to the next, from one company to the next. And honestly, who could blame me? When you love the people that you work with and when you work with people who truly, truly support you, it makes work 20 times easier. And I am extremely fortunate to have had a manager who made space for my humanness. I felt that I could offer them 100% honesty around my flaws and my limitations, and they never allowed me to let those flaws or limitations hold me back. They taught me how to honor them. I can remember one time in particular, I mentioned to them that I thought I might need therapy. Now, this was years ago, probably over 10 years ago, back before we had Instagram carousel reels and multiple TikTok accounts that now advocate for mental health. This was back when therapy was still something that you didn't really speak openly about or admit that you wanted or needed. And this manager supported my decision. Not only that, but when they showed up at my one-on-one appointment the following week, and asked if I had found a therapist, and I said no, they sent me home and told me to take the whole afternoon to find one. I owe a lot of my success within this industry to their belief in me. They could see the things in me that I wasn't sure I was capable of. So that's my hope for all of us managers out there as we interact with our teams, that we hold the belief for their capacity until they're ready to realize it for themselves. Anyway, I was talking with this manager and we were catching up on what's going on in the industry, what we're noticing, and it's no surprise, many property management companies are having a very difficult time finding and retaining top talent. One topic that we circled around for a while was we talked about people who leave without any indication that they were unhappy in their position or without any indication that there was a need that wasn't being met. And on a few occasions, they'll have an amazing manager leave. And when that manager gives their reason why, it's something that the company was totally willing to offer them. There are plenty of reasons why you might not feel comfortable asking for what you need. First of all, there could be a fear of repercussions or a fear of conflict. 
I think one of the big ones that we see repeatedly is this fear of being unprofessional or lazy, which if you're listening to this podcast, I hope you can see the irony in it, (laughs) that oftentimes those who overwork themselves are the ones who have the greatest fear of appearing lazy. Another reason why you might not ask for what you need is because you might worry that your employer won't understand your need for self-care or your need for an exception. There is this attitude in the industry that you've got to buck up and get it done and move on from one problem to the next because the problems never end. And so oftentimes we feel that we have to fit this mold of someone who's willing to roll with the punches when in all reality, Self-care is what bolsters us up in order to be able to roll with the punches. Another reason why managers may not offer their direct feedback as to their personal experience of their job or their company or why they might not advocate for their own needs is that they really fear being seen as too demanding or as coming off as what one might call a quote-unquote special snowflake. Again, I think that this plays into the attitude and stereotype that you have to be strong in this industry and that you have to be a leader and that you can't show your weak spots. So here's the thing. It is more work on your end to look for a new job and then switch jobs. It's also more work on your employer's end to then have to refill your position. If you're in enough discomfort to consider leaving your job, you might as well open up to the discomfort of expressing your needs on the off chance that you'll be heard and that a compromise can be reached without having to uproot your life and get a new job. Now, even if you have absolutely no intentions of leaving your current job, it's still worth it to identify and advocate for your needs. Because oftentimes when those needs are met, you are able to do better quality work, which I am sure your employer is all in favor of. I'm a big believer that in all areas of life, life is trying to teach you something. If you're feeling tension or resistance or frustration in your job, your job is trying to teach you something. So that's what we're going to chat about today. The lessons that your job is likely trying to teach you, especially as it pertains to people-pleasing and perfectionism. Your career can be one of the most challenging yet rewarding parts of life. For property managers, this challenge can also lead to new and exciting lessons that help them grow, not just in their work life, but also in their personal lives. I'm going to give you an example of this later on in the episode. It's really important for property managers to embrace the obstacles that come along with the job and then use them as learning opportunities. When we have an open mind towards challenges, growth is inevitable. So let's get a litmus test. Are you constantly overloaded with work? Do your responsibilities feel like weights pressing down on your shoulders, seemingly increasing by the day? Do you find yourself checking email long after you've left the office? Or are you thinking about work while you're conversing with friends or family? If this sounds all too familiar, you may have fallen into what's known as people-pleasing and or perfectionism. Perfectionism and a desire to please everyone around us 
can lead us to sacrificing our needs for the sake of others' wants. I'll say that again. It can cause us to sacrifice our own needs for the sake of others' wants. In other words, we struggle to say no and we take on more than we are able to manage. And as much as it is understandable why property managers might be compelled to do this, this type of behavior is likely showing up outside of the office as well. Years ago, I wasn't aware of what people-pleasing was or that it was a hindrance to my health. I remember the first time someone called me a people-pleaser, I literally said thank you because I thought it was a compliment. I didn't realize at the time that they were saying it to me because they were encouraging me to set better boundaries. Here's what I did know at that time. I knew I was showing up to work with the best of intentions, but leaving work with loads of overwhelm and resentment. I knew I was a driven person and that I gave my all to my job, but that I rarely gave to my own goals and dreams. I knew that something was off, but I didn't know what it was. My job was trying to teach me that if I kept putting other people first, I'd always be last. And sadly, it took me years to figure that out. <laughs> From there, I had to figure out how to ask for what I needed. Now, if you've ever heard me speak live at a conference, many of you have heard me tell this story, but I was the manager who took the my door is always open policy to a very literal level. One of the first things that I identified I needed was uninterrupted time to focus on reports. If we have any managers in here who are listening, you know that anytime that you get interrupted while working on a report, it's like having to start and stop an algebra problem over and over again. You practically have to start from the beginning every time. At the time that I started implementing a closed door policy, my employees did not like it. They weren't yet used to the idea that their emergencies might not be the actual emergencies for the property that day. This was a problem for me as a people pleaser. I was very concerned about others' emotions and I strove every day to make sure that people were happy. In order to make this change and get my needs met, I had to drop the people-pleasing and allow others to be inconvenienced from time to time. Now, I'm not going to go into my nerdy spiel about how multitasking is actually proven to be ineffective and how anytime we change what we're focused on, we cause our brains to burn more glucose, and glucose is what you need in order to stay focused, and that when we learn to focus on one thing at a time, that we're able to complete more tasks in less time and use less glucose, and that's essentially how you do more on less time and energy. But that's exactly what was going on. And that's exactly what I needed. I needed to close my door because when I was given the space to work without interruption, I worked quicker and I made fewer mistakes. If you're experiencing tension, frustration, or overwhelm at work, I want to invite you to consider that your job might be trying to teach you something. Could be that you're putting yourself on the back burner, that you're not communicating clearly enough, or that you're lacking in knowledge in a certain area. Today, I want to give you a simple three-step framework to help you uncover what your job might be trying to teach you about yourself. And if you are a regional or a general manager out there, I'm going to invite you 
to use this within your one-on-ones or teach it to your team. Because I really believe that when we teach and show one another how to do this, we are going to see a change in turnover. All right, number one, identify the tension and its source. Emotions exist because they want us to take action. They serve to keep us alive and in good social graces. Emotions precede behavior. So when you're experiencing tension of some kind, it's because you're thinking a thought about a circumstance. What you want to do is first identify what it is you're feeling. Because there's a big difference between feeling inadequate versus feeling belittled. And the difference in those feelings will help you better identify what it is you need to focus on. When you can narrow in on what it is you are feeling, it's going to be easier for you to tune into the thoughts you're thinking that are creating that specific feeling. All right, so number one was identify the tension and its source. Number two, don't blame the source. Instead, propose a solution. I'll say that again. Don't blame the source of your tension. Instead, just propose a solution. Said another way, take responsibility. Now, I can already hear a few of you wanting to chime back and say, hey, my tension is coming from my dinglehead supervisor who keeps micromanaging me. And I hear you, but you literally cannot change your supervisor. And any attempts to do so are likely just going to make your situation worse. The word responsibility is literally response-ability. You have the ability to respond. And that is what step two is all about, is responding to the problem with a possible solution. Which brings me to number three, be willing to follow through and revise. Notice, earlier I said that step two is all about responding to the problem with a possible solution. That is to say that you might not get it right on your first try, and that's okay. The key to making this step work is allowing others to think whatever they're going to think of you. You have to be willing to let others be wrong about you, and you have to keep trying and trying again. All right, so for example, I had a client who was struggling to be fully present with their family. They were answering their work emails at all hours of the night, and I asked them if they had any specific times or places when they set a boundary with their phone, and of course they said no. I love using the analogy of rooms in a house. When you don't have boundaries around when you will and won't work, anything goes. Having a conversation with your husband and the phone chimes, anything goes. Watching your kids play soccer and the phone chimes, anything goes. Just imagine if we had that same mentality about the rooms in our house. It's like you're trying to take a shower in the kitchen or cook in the bedroom. Hell, if anything goes, why have rooms at all? We wanted to help this client reestablish clear boundaries. Just like you turn off the stove when you're done with it. Just like you turn off the faucet when you're done with it. We want you to turn off your phone when you're done with it. This client knew that the tension was coming from feeling pulled in 20 different directions at once. They didn't blame their job for the tension. They proposed the solution of making dinner time a phone-free event. And here's the thing. 
They were so afraid that their colleagues and coworkers would judge them for not responding right away. But what they found out was that most people hardly even noticed. Listen, there are a lot of great property management companies out there that take their employees' boundaries and mental health seriously. And I know this for a fact because I have the pleasure of working with them and their teams. P.S. If you ever need a speaker for your property management conference or your monthly manager's meetings, please reach out to me. But like I said, there are a lot of great property management companies out there that truly take their employees' boundaries and mental health seriously. On the flip side, there are property management companies who value square footage and profit above all else. When you are up for the challenge of identifying your needs and asking for them, you get to find out fairly quickly which camp you're in. You essentially give your company a chance to show their true colors, so to speak. Now, they may not give you exactly what you ask for, but if they're willing to meet you halfway, then you're already doing better than you were yesterday. We've talked today about people-pleasing and as a result of that, being constantly available, but it extends beyond that. There are plenty of lessons that our job is trying to teach us that then we get to carry out in other areas of our life. I once had an employee that I struggled with greatly. This employee was a gossiper. They spent a lot of their time gossiping. And if I could have gathered up every second that this person spent gossiping and repurposed it with work, they'd probably be a lot further down the line. But again, when we talk about clarifying our needs, we're never blaming the source. We are always taking responsibility. What I started to notice as I evaluated the situation was the way that I was showing up. I kept complaining to my supervisor about the way this employee was instead of looking at it from the angle of changing my communication style. Clearly what I was doing wasn't working. So instead of changing what I was doing, I just kept complaining about what they were doing and that was getting us nowhere. Keep in mind, I was their supervisor. Technically, that was my job. As I worked through this process within my career, what I started to notice was that this same problem was showing up within some of my other relationships as well. There were certain friends and family members that I never gave my honest feedback to. And what I would happen is I would end up venting to somebody else about it and getting bent out of shape over the way that they were instead of looking at it from changing my communication style. Kind of ironic, huh? By learning to reflect on my communication style at work, it opened my eyes to see that my communication style and some of my relationships wasn't working, and also that I had the capacity to change it if I wanted to. When we get to the heart of the lesson that our careers are trying to teach us, we end up having much more meaningful and deeper conversations with our supervisors, our colleagues, and our teams. Our conversations leave the realm of gossip and, oh my God, can you believe they said that, that they did that? And instead, they enter into a more reflective state. We're able to clarify what it is we're trying to accomplish. We're sharing what we've tried. We're sharing what doesn't work. And we're holding one another accountable for trying things in new ways until we figure it out. My friends, 
keep in mind that every job sucks in some way or another. I oftentimes kind of chuckle at people, under my breath and politely, of course, but at people who threaten to leave the property management industry entirely, as if it's any better anywhere else. It is literally the same poo with a different flavor. When you look for the lessons your job is trying to teach you, it makes life so much more fun. You can learn to think differently and use different ways of talking and conversing with people. It helps you understand yourself better and get closer to the people around you. It also helps you figure out how to solve problems in new ways. I know this may sound cheesy, but you are always just one mindset shift away from really enjoying your job. Thank you for tuning in this week. If this message is resonating with you and you want to continue the conversation, let's hop on a free coaching call while we're still offering them. I want to show you exactly how I went from working 50 plus hour work weeks every week to back down under 40 hours a week. If you're interested in hearing more, I want you to go to our website and then the top right hand corner, click get free coaching. Our website is anahavliana.com. That's A double N A J A V as in victory, E double L A N A.com. All right, my friends, I love you. Keep going. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Addicted to Busy. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.